0: Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of September 2022, as once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our very special Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Uh, and in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the Cinema Speak Podcast. How's it going, Brad? It's going great. It's good to be back.
1: I think I was not on last month, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, I, I personally asked you to uh, uninvite me because uh, I, I, I had to have a month where I didn't spend any money on Blu-rays, and if I'm not buying any Blu-rays, I can't in good conscience come on this episode. So I said, I have to take a month off, but I'm back and I'm ready to open up my wallet and spend a lot.
0: <laughs> Brad fell off the wagon. I'm sorry <laughs> to report folks. <laughs> um but yes, Brad was not available last month. Um so I did a solo catching up on blu ray which I'm sure is dreadfully boring to listen to, but uh this time around I've got my buddy Brad uh, to help me out with this, so uh, this should be a lot more fun. Um so uh folks at home, if you're not aware of the format of today's episode, a uh, catching up on blu-ray episode is essentially where we take a look at uh the month's physical media releases uh, so that would be dvds blu-rays and 4k discs um and just say a little something about any titles that jump out at us uh, for whatever reason um so if you'd like to follow along with the home version of catching up on blu-ray uh you're kind of fucked uh because uh the normal resource that brad and i tap into uh, in order to put on this little program Uh, blu-ray.com seems to be experiencing some technical difficulties as it were um so today's episode may be a little uh there may be some hiccups here and there uh but uh, bear with us as we work our way backwards uh through the calendar uh as compared to how we normally go about things but uh, blu-ray.com is the website that we make reference to um when we do these blu-ray episodes so um basically we're going to be going through the calendar, um, front to back. Um, and also if you're not aware, generally physical media releases occur on Tuesdays of each calendar week. Um, so it looks like Brad, am I correct in, uh, thinking that September 6th was our first Tuesday of the month?
1: Yeah, that's that's what it looks like to me. Um, and I just want to say, you know, even with these uh, technical issues with Blu-ray.com, still a far superior website to High Def Digest. Still much much better. So even with these technical problems, we're still sticking to Blu-ray.com. That's we got loyalty there
0: yeah uh folks we actually had at least one instance uh brad and i when doing a blu-ray episode where uh again blu-ray.com was down and i forget if we went to some other arcane website that just kind of sucked or we used like uh a mirror or a wayback machine uh iteration of the mm. website or something instead I think we used the wayback machine <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um. Blu-ray.com really is the standard, at least in in I guess both of our eyes, when it comes to cleanly laying out uh, the releases from month to month and week to week. Um, and yeah, he's absolutely right. I have taken a look at other websites, and uh, they're not so great. <laughs> um, so you know, even if the website's experiencing some problems at the moment, uh, it is probably the best bet. Uh, so, um, right out the gate, uh, looks like. Um, and remember, this is slightly disorganized as compared to the way we've done uh, previous episodes, so bear with us. Um, it looks like our first uh, major release uh, for September 6th is a Criterion title. And it looks like a, it's. Is it Jacques Demi? Uh, the Essential Jacques Demi uh, Blu ray set uh, from Criterion. Um, and yeah. this includes six different titles.
1: I mean, yeah, I could pretend to. Uh be a Jacques Demi expert, um, but uh, that would be a lie. So uh, I know, I at least know of Jacques Demi, but I, I can't say I n- could name any of his films off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, uh, he he is a, a known filmmaker in certain circles. I'm, I'm sure he's very, very respected to many uh, people that are smarter than I am.
0: Yeah, uh, that would include Uh, not myself, because (laughs) (laughs) not a filmmaker that's known to me, but we do have a saying here on Catching Up on Cinema. If it's part of the Criterion Collection, it is more than likely worth your time. Um, So I'm sure there are cinephiles out there who will be glad to add this to their collection, all six titles uh, include in that set. Um, We also have something that has a horrendous cover um, that the only reason I'm, I'm bringing it up is... Because of said horrendous cover, but also it's a contemporary release, and those are usually worth pointing out. It's from Scream Team Releasing, and it's Beneath the Old Dark House from the year 2022. Um, Beautiful artwork. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful artwork? Are you fucking
1: kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, I'm kidding. But you gotta like that they put, uh, what's his name, Coffin Tooth right on the cover. You got Coffin, I assume that's Coffin Tooth. Uh, based on the the plot synopsis on Blu-ray.com, uh, they put Coffin Tooth right front and center.
0: Yeah, I caught that too at the plot description. I do kind of dig that name, like for a for a horror movie monster icon or like crypt uh, keeper esque figure or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm my eye for fonts has diminished uh, since I stopped working in graphic design years ago. But I th- is that the um. Color out of space font. Boy, uh, it might be close. Uh,
1: I don't think it's quite the same, but it, it. Yeah, I see where you're coming from though with that.
0: Yeah, it has some similar curves to it, and like kind of a a, a blobby bulkiness to it. But anyway, uh, we're here to talk about movies, not fonts. um So I don't think I have anything else to say for titles from that particular page um you want to navigate to page 13 with me Brad?
1: yeah we can jump over i will say though i did like that uh that 310 to yuma artwork Uh, this is the steel book no i'm not into steel books really anymore but that artwork actually is pretty solid i thought you were gonna say that was the horrendous artwork i was gonna be like man maybe my brain is whack because i thought that looked pretty good actually
0: (laughs) no actually i'm now that you direct my focus to it, that is eye-catching. I like the use of color and the, the way the figures are rendered. That mm-hmm. is a, a striking cover um, for a pretty solid movie. Um, Kyle actually brought that one up uh, on this week's review. Uh, we reviewed uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. And uh, I think it was because I mentioned Kevin Durand. And Kyle had a good laugh because he was like, "Oh, that's the guy I got stabbed." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, he got stabbed. That's right." <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's a steel book. Uh, uh, Brad and I—just full disclosure—we're not—we're not huge proponents of steel books. Like, I have a couple, but they're more just like titles that I purchased out of obligation or something, where it was like that—that that was what was available at the time. It, I'm not a collector of steel books, and nor is Brad. Um, so if we don't uh, gush over the ty- like the month's steelbook releases, that would be why. Um, it's of it's not of particular interest to either of us. But um, moving on to the next page, uh, also titles released on September sixth. Um, I'm struggling to find things to talk about. Brad, uh, would you care to jump into the pool and and pull something out?
1: Couple um, Vincent Price uh, titles coming out through Kino. We got the. Oblong Box and uh, Twice Told Tales. Both great titles. Oblong Box, Twice Told Tales. Um, I know Kino has put out quite a few Vincent Price titles. Scream Factory actually put out a couple like Vincent Price collections. And then I think uh, the rights expired on some of those. And then Kino s- snatched it up and have been putting out the titles individually. Um, I don't think I own any of their... I don't think I've bought any of their Vincent Price titles uh he's somebody who i have seen like a couple of his films um but i i would like to get into more i every halloween i think i should do like my focus this month should be vincent price and i never never pulled the trigger on it but they're there they're out there now
0: yeah vincent price is one of those icons of horror and just like one of those larger than life figures that i'm so glad we had him like, he just seems like such a cool guy. <laughs> like, just, just his, his line deliveries, or he, he owns them so specifically. Um, and actually, like, I, I have a lot of memories of, like, my dad. Uh, I guess my dad was really into him when he was a little kid or something. Because he, he talked, he when I was a kid, he would tell me about, like, these old horror movies he used to go see. Like, what was it The Abominable, uh, Dr. Fibes, and uh, uh, what was it Fall of the House of Usher? And Mm -hmm. uh, I forget the exact title, but it was uh, something like maybe Horror of the Wax Museum or something like that. Um, Point is, Vincent Price is fucking awesome. Um, I don't actually own any movies that he's in or anything, but I find him eminently watchable. Um, And I think it's cool that they're, you know, Kino's actually restoring and putting out these titles because I'm sure I'm sure all of them are worth at the very least a look. Um, It does seem like they're doing a pretty good job of it um what else we got here Uh, we have some form of super duper uh box set uh but it's not a set it's a single title it's just like a a primo box uh for (laughs) i just made kyle laugh if you listen to this episode Uh, (laughs) Um that's it's a joke from a boondock saints (laughs) or a line from boondock saints um star trek The motion picture super duper director's cut edition which um i believe is the director's favorite edition as implied by the title um and i'm not surprised that that particular cut exists for this film as it's it's widely known the theatrical edition of star trek the motion picture uh doesn't work for everybody Uh, it's notorious for being overlong and slow and dull it's a
1: snooze fest is what it is boring
0: yeah um it, from what i understand the director's cut probably alleviates some of that it probably you know like roughs out some of those or sends out some of those edges um but i i'm not positive on that um what are your feelings on the star trek films brad because it, it does seem like this month we're getting a whole heap of them uh, i haven't it's been a minute since i've looked at the full calendar which as we disclosed ahead of time, is down at the moment, but um, I seem to recall that we're getting a lot of Star Trek titles this month.
1: I think they they are all coming out on 4K this month, or they all already did, or but all of them, at least uh, the you know the classic series are coming out on 4K finally, and uh, I like the Star Trek film franchise. Um, I know I said that the first one is boring. And I, I do stand by that, but uh, I I I really like two obviously, um, no surprise there because that's what most people say is the best. Um, I I think Search for Spock is solid. Star uh, Star Trek Four I can't say I like love it, but I kind of like that they committed to making a movie that's uh, like basically a Star Trek fish out of water comedy. Um, and then I think Five is probably. Probably the worst one from what I remember, um, but six I actually I think six uh, they brought it back pretty strong for six. So overall, I, I I like them. I think I've only seen them all once though. I uh, maybe five six years ago I went through and watched them all for the first time. Um, so I would like to revisit them, and I I can't say I'm not going to pick up the uh, 4K editions.
0: Yeah, I I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Although I saw these a lot. A lot further back than you. I I think I watched these in college because I I had a roommate who was really really into uh, next gen in particular, um and I I wanted a way to like be able to talk about those uh, talk about Star Trek as a whole with him, but I was too lazy to do the legwork of you know watching all this all of the the shows and whatnot, so I was like okay let let me half-ass this and just watch the movies, (laughs) so I watched all of the Star Trek movies. Um, and I I like almost all of them to some degree. Like, they're very watchable, and a lot of that just comes down to strong characterizations and, like, excellent casting, which comes from, you know, the television series, uh, the original Star Trek and whatnot. Um, the next-gen movies are mostly not good. Um, First Contact is probably the best of them, if you ask me, but the rest of them are pretty not good. Uh, was it insurrection or whatever is is uh it looks cheap and it feels cheap (laughs) Um, and nemesis aside from the novelty of like baby tom hardy it it's just not good um and also they they kind of throw the characterization that i was complimenting earlier kind of out the window like everybody behaves against type in those movies at least in the next gen ones it's it's very frustrating but um the the classic uh star trek films yeah I, I think the basic rule of thumb is the uh the uh, the odd numbered ones are the bad ones and the even numbered ones are the quote good ones uh-huh. um and i tend to agree <laughs> um i also think i agree with you that five is probably the worst of them um Funny enough that I think that was the one that Shatner directed, and it really feels like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also funny enough, the like some of the the better ones were directed by Leonard Nimoy, which I'm sure pissed William Shatner right the fuck off. <laughs> but um, I'd be curious uh, to go back and rewatch these classic Star Trek films. Um, in particular, I wouldn't mind taking a look at like a director's cut of that first one. Rather than the theatrical edition, because yeah, uh, I don't know if I could handle that uh, right now. Like, because I I know what to expect, and I didn't enjoy it the first time.
1: I, I mean, just thinking like, if I were to say, okay, I'm gonna go back and watch this franchise, I would be dreading rewatching the first one, dreading it. Even though it's probably, I think it is better than five, I would probably personally just rather rewatch five because it's like it's not as slow I guess um, dreading the first I'd be dreading it absolutely dreading watching it again
0: well and it's also one of those unfortunate situations where it's like if you're committing to like a Star Trek marathon or something like if you're gonna commit a month or something to just Star Trek movies it would be really nice if you could start strong <laughs> you know, it's like, like really you'd lose all your momentum right out the gate <laughs> but five at least has the kitsch factor. At least it's goofy and dumb and it's colorful though. Like at least it has energy to it. Whereas the first one is just, you got to be on the right drugs and I'm sorry, I'm just not into it. Like It it clearly is that kind of film. It was very much banking on the 2001 experience rather than the star Wars experience. And they, they picked wrong. (laughs) That's just how it is. Um, anyway, uh, Brad, uh, are there any other titles on this page you'd like to point out? Honestly, uh, no, not really. (laughs) Okay, I will point out that I think there's a French film called Happening that is certified fresh uh, that has to deal with abortion, which is very topical, at least in this country, in the U.S. Um, And it's also certified fresh. Never heard of it, um, but, you know, that stamp usually carries some weight. Um, Okay, so let's move on to page 12. Uh, on the release date calendar for this month um and i'll let you pick first brad what jumps out at you
1: uh i mean well it's, i mean we're already talked about star trek but uh i mean of course we got the star trek six movie collection 4k um and then i think individual releases of i'm assuming all of them uh uh yeah yes all of them so we've already covered that though so I guess uh I guess we got to say the big release of the week though it's got to be it's got to be the minions right minions rise of gru you going to be checking this one out <laughs> bud
0: I mean if we're talking box office numbers more than likely that is true um do uh, do you have any uh, connection to despicable me or the minions franchise uh I mean I did see at least the first two
1: Despicable Me movies. Um, and, you know, I thought they were fine. Uh, I didn't dislike them. I mean, the Minions, I, as, as oversaturated as we are with Minion memes, I will say in that first movie, like, I, knowing nothing about the Minions, they were funny. Like, they obviously got way too big. But in that, you know, in small doses in that first movie, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Minions. Uh, and I, I have heard, speaking of, you know, Star Trek and being on drugs, I have heard that. If you're, uh, you know, in the right state of mind, that uh, the Rise of Gru can be a real good time. So, um, just you know, a little bit of advice there. Uh, I I might check this one out on Peacock just out of curiosity. N- didn't see the first Minions, but uh, Rise of Gru. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take a poke at it.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for the drug PSA. I <laughs> <that>. uh- <laughs> I'm not I'm not um, advocating. I'm just saying that I've heard. I've heard. All right. um yeah as for myself uh i have seen despicable me and that's it like i i I didn't keep up with any of it um when it comes to like youth oriented or like children's uh, cgi animation material like i'm really really out of the game um, I, I'm continually amazed by, by, the technology and by animation as a medium. So it's not me turning my nose up to it and saying, oh, I'm, I'm an adult. I don't watch that stuff. It's just, I, I don't know. It, it's just not on my radar the same way these days, but I, I did have a laugh at, uh, the fact that the girlfriend and I were musing about how, um, the minions feel like Jawas or Ewoks or Gremlins. Uh, for more contemporary audiences or something what with their sim sim language that they speak and, and their short stature and whatnot it's like every generation has their their little critter thing that that becomes a craze or whatever but um yeah I, it's funny my my uh my mom really likes the minions <laughs> like <laughs> like she has like a plush in our house so <laughs> it's like oh you're yeah. that into it aren't you mom <laughs> shit <laughs> hey
1: yeah for some reason uh it seemed like that demographic that generation yeah it really uh it really speaks to them
0: yeah i i don't know why exactly but it works it works for my parents not me but my parents um (laughs) uh yeah i I don't really have much to say about the minions Um, i'm sure I'm sure it's visually spectacular and probably kind of fun. Like I would imagine that, you know, if you're going to have that many talented individuals working on a project like that, it'll have some value, even if it comes down to strictly visuals or maybe just a couple of fart gags or something. Um, so yeah, if the girlfriend wants to watch or something, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed, but um, looking at what else we got here. Uh, what is this, Brad? We have the fun house on 4K, oh, yes. uh, the year 1981. I know this cover art uh, from walking the aisles at like the grocery store or at a, my local Blockbuster back in the day, um, but this isn't a movie that uh, jumps out at me, really. Like I, I'm struggling to recall exactly what its reputation is. Do you have any insight into this one, Brad? Well,
1: I'll tell you. It should be jumping out at you because it is from uh, one of the quote-unquote master's of horror, not saying it should it, not saying it should be jumping out at you because not, not that many people have seen this, but uh, it is a film from Toby Hooper. It is a Toby Hooper oh, no film, shit. and uh, you know uh, I've seen it several times. The Fun House, and I do own the previous Scream Factory Blu-ray. This is a 4K upgrade, um, and I think The Fun House is a is a solid little. Uh, Somewhat of a slasher, somewhat of a monster movie. I don't want to get too into revealing what exactly goes down. But in terms of movies uh, that take place in sort of uh, dirty, creepy, uncomfortable carnivals, this is definitely up there. Um, and uh, it's not like an amazing film, but uh, for just kind of a you know small low-budget horror that gets the job done. It's it's pretty effective and fun, and uh, I don't know if I will be sna- snagging this one since I already have it on Blu-ray, um, but I, I do uh, think the picture quality upgrade is uh, pretty nice on this one from what I've heard, and there are a few new bonus features. Actually, a hand, actually some pretty good new bonus features. I, I t- I'm looking now. Um, it looks like there's uh, some new interviews with uh, some of the actors, makeup artists. um obviously, uh, Toby Hooper, no, no longer available for a new interview, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it uh, I might consider upgrading on this one. I don't know. I've I'm not like, totally in the like desire to rewatch it because I think I've seen it two or three times already. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a fun one. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I can see why you hesitate to pull the trigger on it being as it's it's a you know a four K upgrade and not only that, we're we're heading into Halloween season and I'm sure your your to do list is very crowded at the moment when it comes to other probably uh, more exciting horror movies that you haven't seen before. Um, but I did not know that uh Toby Hooper directed that, but that is a massive selling point for me because I've I've often said like of like a short list of directors that i would love to just explore their entire filmography someday he is one of them um there's something about his films that there's a i don't know if it's necessarily a quality to them but there's there's like an attention to detail and like a visual flair that a lot of his movies have even that even texas chainsaw massacre like from a like cinematography standpoint from a camera placement standpoint that movie has some interesting things going on like it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily look like a grimy documentary film which is often how it's characterized like like in discussions online and whatnot i only saw that movie for the first time very recently and I was taken aback by how cinematic it was um and that extends across like most of his filmography like a lot of his movies are very handsome to look at um I wouldn't be surprised if the fun house has a lot of that charm too um, even that early in his career but um, beside that though is a title that I pretty sure Brad is going to pick up uh, if not has already picked up Uh, we have a Criterion release of uh, Brian De Palma's blowout Uh, now Brad have you picked this one up or are you going to pick it up
1: well this is another uh, unfortunately uh, 4k upgrade of a blu-ray I already own so I have not (laughs) uh, upgraded um, this one, uh, I have heard it looks amazing because I think the, uh, um, Blu-ray, the Criterion Blu-ray I have was a, uh, like a 2K master and this one obviously, uh, 4K master and then released on 4K. Um, so I, heard, I have heard, uh, visually it is a very good bump, but I don't think it contains any new bonus features. I think it is pretty much your only upgrading for the picture quality, which it is a movie I love. So I'm not... Knocking that. And I have been doing a decent job of uh, continuing to upgrade uh, my criterion... Or not upgrade, but purchase as many 4K criterions as I can. But I I don't think I've actually upgraded any of my um, criterions that I already had to 4K. Um, But I think that is going to change. I think I need to, you know... I could I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and then I'll be really regretting not upgrading. I mean, well, I, I think it's coming later this month. We'll get into it. But I upgraded my child's play to 4K from Blu-ray to 4K. So I think I should upgrade my blowout at, at the very least. So,
0: yeah, you know, like when it comes to 4K upgrades, like my my general conceit is uh, if I love the movie. Like if it's a movie that that's core to my being, then then I, I try to, like, exonerate myself of any feelings of guilt of opening my wallet to rebuy something where it's like, no, you're you really do love that movie. Like that movie means a lot to you, Trevor. So you should you, you shouldn't feel bad for for rebuying that movie and getting the the best that there is out there of it. Um being, as you say, you love Blowout, and as far as I understand, you're just kind of meh when it comes to child's play. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wouldn't feel bad about upgrading Blowout.
1: Well, I, I do have a, a reason, though, is because Scream Fat, and I can't, I, I, was it this month or is it was it last month that they came out? I, I honestly can't remember. Did you talk about it last month? I <sighs>
0: I don't remember. There's too many movies Brad. It, it, it might be coming I do It don't was know, recent but, though. It was recent yeah.
1: So um, Screen Factory put out uh, Child's Play 1, 2, and 3 on 4K and I've actually never seen two. the only, I mean I think maybe I've seen some of the later sequels but I've never seen 2 and 3 and so I'm like oh I, I like to purchase that and watch them on 4K first time watch let's do it but I'm like well I don't want to only have on 4K Child's Play 2 and Child's Play 3 so I'm like, I guess I have to upgrade. I, I, you know, it would just it would look, it would just look gross. Like when you 4K of Child's Play two and Child's Play three. Where's your 4K of Child's Play? Oh, I only have the Blu-ray for that. Ugh, gross. So I had to, you know, spend the twenty twenty-eight dollars just for aesthetic purposes.
0: No, I, I've I have been in that boat before. Uh, we all been there. Any you collectors out there? Um, I I share your pain, so th- I understand. I understand the logic, and uh, by the way, uh, if you have time uh, in the Halloween season uh, through October, um, I would recommend at least getting to Child's Play 2, uh, because I I do think I enjoy that one the most, just because it's the most colorful and kind of over the top gory of those three. Um, it's not a franchise. I know it's a franchise that persists to this day, and it's one of those special ones that has like a singular um, creative voice backing it. I forget the name of the fella who's kind of like the shepherd for the franchise, but I I did not keep up with the series after Bride, um, but of the early ones, of those first three, I think two is the one I I find most watchable. One is one is pretty cool though, like one has a earnestness, like it it really feels like it's trying to be a scary movie, but by the time you get to two, it's like you know we're we're firmly in freddy krueger territory where it's like okay chucky chucky's bigger than the the movie now let's just let chucky be chucky and have it have a good time (laughs) i mean for fuck's sake like a few years down the line around the time of bride of chucky brad i don't know if you've ever seen this but uh chucky actually cut a promo on wcw wrestling (laughs) he uh, he gets into a a live argument with uh rick steiner so it's a it's Chucky, voiced by Brad Dourif, a pre-recorded video, obviously of the animatronic puppet speaking and like bitching out Rick Steiner off the Titantron. Um, you should definitely look it up. It's pretty fucking yeah, hilarious. I gotta check that. So
1: they pretty much just gave up on him being scary at that point. Like exactly.
0: He. I mean that that happens to most like horror icons at some point it, with the exception of like Michael Myers. He's like the big one who never completely sold out as far as I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did, he did lay down for Buster Rhymes or whatever, but, <laughs> but like I, I, I maintain that he laid down, he took a fall for that man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but beyond that, he, he's mostly maintained his integrity, but like, you know, Freddie and Jason, like for fuck's sake, Jason was on Arsenio Hall at one point. <laughs>
1: I haven't seen that either.
0: <laughs> oh, you haven't seen that? Uh, yeah. Kane Hodder shows up, and he uh, he does the damn thing. He he stays in character like he he's he's always been a champ. Yeah. Um. Man, Brad, you got a lot of cool videos you got to watch tonight. <laughs> I guess so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I real quick yeah. bringing it back to a uh, blowout. I just want to say, uh, in the forums on Blu-ray.com, just this guy or gr- this guy or gal, short, sweet, like this is you know. Here we go. Am- Amputd Amputd on blu-ray.com member said of blowout the 4k transfer blows the old criterion blu-ray away major upgrade so there you go i guess it's i guess you gotta buy it
0: i would have said blows it out of the water but that's- <laughs> <laughs> um blowout's fantastic though uh unbelievably awesome ending um that was that was a dad movie for me Uh, like i saw that movie when i was way too young because my dad was like yeah you gotta see this movie it's like is it okay with mom it's like doesn't matter (laughs) this movie rocks (laughs)
1: baby
0: yeah just de palma man he he make he knows how to make a fucking film that's for sure okay uh any other titles on this page you care to point out brad
1: uh, I mean, there is one contemporary release. I don't have anything to say about it. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, um, and then uh, what I assume is a Lionsgate title of
0: Paradise Highway. Um, I mean, with with that with that little color sliver in the top left corner, you better fucking believe it. And also the presence of Frank Grillo, like that's a dead giveaway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got ca- kind of feel bad for Juliette Benoche.
0: Bino- oh i didn't realize that's who that was
1: yeah
0: oh i but, i feel bad too because she seems like a really fantastic actress and a pretty decent lady
1: well you know everybody's got to get paid gotta i'll take a have pay to day. send
0: that cover art to, to kyle like he'll, he'll be deeply upset because he likes her yeah um Ah, I didn't realize uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is a contemporary release. Um, obviously, the cover art is done up to look like a Audrey Hepburn t- title or something uh, from, like, the 60s. But, yeah, apparently that is a 2022 film. Yeah,
1: it, it did um, uh, play in theaters around me as well. I don't think it was a big hit or anything, but check it out if you're uh, in your 60s. I'm sure you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You said it, Brad. Okay, uh, let's bounce over to page 11 um, and see what see what we find. Uh, this is kind of fun, folks. This is actually a little bit of a lottery. It's just like, I have no fucking clue what's coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, let's see what we got here. Uh, we have Terror Squad from 1988. Who is putting out this title? Code Red is putting out this release uh, directed by... Peter Maris, Chuck Carners, and hey Ken Forey's in there. Um, but unfortunately I don't recognize any of the talent in that aside from Ken Forey. Um kind of a neat cover. Uh the font on Terror Squad reminds me of like Streets of Fire or something. Uh oh shit, we got the Extreme Adventures of Super Dave.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and this is a two thousand release, it looks like. Yeah. Like- what so, it looks like there's a it's a double feature here. Be the Man and Super Dave the Movie?
0: Yeah, I didn't realize there was a movie.
1: Yeah, that I just assumed this was a a documentary.
0: Yeah, I I was kind of hoping that would be the case, but no, apparently these are some Super Dave programs uh, folks at home. If you're not aware, a uh, Super Dave is like a showcase for uh, Bob Einstein. Uh, who is, of course, uh, one of the core cast members of Curb Your Enthusiasm, who unfortunately passed away. Um, Wow, Uh, things I never thought I'd see on (laughs) Blu-ray. Shit. (laughs) Um, What else jumps out at you, Brad? Um, Any other titles here?
1: Uh, On this page, I mean, not much, to be honest. Uh, We got a a documentary called Hold Your Fire, which is a from 2021, so somewhat contemporary doc. Um, 28 Days with Sandra Bullock. I don't know if that's a first time on Blu-ray, but uh, (laughs) can't say I'm rushing out to watch that one. Um.
0: This does appear to be a very horny day uh, in the world of Blu-ray. September 13th, by the way. Uh, We have Kamikaze Hearts. Uh, It's apparently about porn actresses. We have Attack of the 50-Foot Cam Girl. Um, which do the math um that actually um i seem to recall the director was of note let me double check a jim Wynorski, um schlock director jim Wynorski directed attack of the 50-foot cam girl so if you're into good old jim's filmography uh, you'll want to pick that up Uh, we also have a re-release of r100 which is a japanese film that is quite horny if memory serves um I will point out we have something called the land of doom or just land of doom. There is no the from scorpion releasing. And uh, this is also directed by Peter Maris, who if memory serves from two minutes ago, uh, directed that other title that I mentioned. Um, This looks very Italian or something. (laughs) Like I'm not positive on that, but it looks very much like it's uh, trying to cash in on uh, the road warrior or the Mad Max franchise, which was kind of a thing at the time. Um, beyond that uh we do have not not the kevin costner version but we have tin can or tin cup i'm sorry was the kevin costner film we have tin can from 2020 Um, and just to read the plot description uh, as the world faces a deadly plague a frontlines parasitologist is imprisoned in a life suspension chamber to escape she must destroy the last of her kind Uh, and it's got a couple of film festival stickers on the cover there Uh, Not sure if there's any buzz surrounding that one, but at the very least, uh, interesting and somewhat topical premise.
1: I I think I would rather watch Tin Cup, but, uh, I mean, hey, more (laughs) power to you.
0: There's also, uh, just to point out, apparently like a super-duper 4K edition of uh, John Carpenter's The Fog, um, which also Mm. appears to come with an art book and uh, a vinyl of the soundtrack. Um, So if you're a big... Oh, and a poster. Uh, If you're a big fan of The Fog... Um, you might want to grab that.
1: Yeah, I think um, uh, when we when we jump pages here, we might see the standard version of the four K on the next page.
0: <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that when we get to it, I guess. So uh, stay tuned for more talk of the fog. Um, so let's let's bounce over to page ten then, um, and I'll kick it over to you first, Brad. Um, any any of these titles jumping out at you?
1: Oh, there's some uh, there's some good stuff here. Uh, we've got. What I think is uh, just a steelbook release of uh, The Addams Family 4K. I know we've talked about that before, so I think uh, this is just uh, a new, new packaging of it. Um, but uh, a couple films here. Uh, Massacre at Central High, which I do believe oh. is a uh, Synapse release.
0: And, uh, yeah, we need to pause on that for a second, Brad. Yeah? Uh, so, Massacre at Central High. Um, I have almost nothing to say about the movie itself, however, um, folks at home, uh, should Brad ever hit it big in the world of podcasting, he may have to give me a producer credit or something, um, because Brad makes liberal use of audio drops on his podcast, the Cinema Speak podcast, (laughs) it's one of the best additions you've made to the program, (laughs) by the way. Thank you um it you really do you're a master at, at timing those and setting them <laughs> up like I, I don't know how i don't know how you're able to, to spin those plates in your brain to be able to maintain the conversation and a lot of practice problems. clearly because yeah. you're very very good at it. <laughs> um anyway long story short um every once in a while when i find myself like i don't know staying up too late or waking up too early or something i'll just be like oh what's some stupid audio i can send to brad and see if he wants to put on the show at some point um there's a, a couple of drops that i supplied brad with a long time ago and it's of a, a young man at a convention yelling betrayal yeah, yeah. betrayal <laughs> betrayed me <laughs> um and that fella i don't even know if brad knows who that is um, but I do, and that's why it's funny to me. In fact, it makes it funnier that you don't know, um, or <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> you just use the audio because it's funny. Yeah. Um, that that is a, I guess now defunct um, YouTuber uh, slash Blip TV uh, creative personality, uh, Spoony or Noah Antweiler, um, and at one point, uh, one thing that he was doing with his online videos and stuff was uh reviewing shitty movies and one of the shitty movies that he reviewed was massacre at central high and a big reason why he chose this particular shitty movie is that apparently there is a character named spoony in it so hmm. it, he wow. was just like you mean there's an actual character in an actual shitty movie named quote after me well i better fucking talk about it so The only reason I'm aware that this thing exists or what it is is because I used to watch a lot of Spoonie videos back in the day before he lost his goddamn mind. Uh, We miss you, Spoonie. Hope you're doing better. (laughs) But anyway, uh, that was my little tangent about that little shitty movie that I don't think anybody cares about.
1: Well, I mean, just, you know, you know what it sounds like? Uh, Somebody stealing Spoonie's name. It kind of sounds like betrayal.
0: Betrayal! (laughs) 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 <laughs> betrayal <laughs> i had to, i had to throw it on there and now that you brought it up i had to throw it on betrayed me so <sighs> apparently that got him in some serious hot water because that was at like uh, E3 or some major really? gaming convention and it was, he he did that in response to uh, being shown footage of a new XCOM game and he was a big fan of the XCOM franchise and right after he stepped out of like the press room He was yelling into a microphone in the convention hall, saying that, and uh, apparently it got him like uh, blacklisted from other conventions and stuff.
1: Wow. Yeah, I had no idea the uh, had no idea the backstory there, but I love it. Yeah, there's
0: there's there's a story, there's a story. But yeah, Massacre at Central High. I'm sure it's a completely terrible movie. Although, is it Synapse Films?
1: Yeah, Synapse, which is a uh, Michigan-based uh, company, and uh, I, where hey. I am from, so I, I always have a soft spot for them. Their prices, uh, they, they need to not, not saying I wouldn't pay their prices, but they need to get more, uh, like, uh, regular sales, I guess. Like, I, I like, uh, the vinegar syndrome and the Criterion's, where, I don't know how this affects their sales, but when they have designated sales that you know are coming up. And then when they happen, you just go all out. I don't, I just, I prefer that business model where Synapse, honestly, I, I don't know if I've ever seen them hold a good sale.
0: Yeah. I don't think I have either, but you know, that's cool though, that they're, they're from your home state. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was, I was amped when I uh found that out. And then I, I wanted to tell, Everybody I knew about it, uh, but then I actually looked at Synapse's website, and uh, surprisingly, I'd say 65% of the things they put out are pornos. So uh, then I was like, well, I better not, you know, tell too many people about this. <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe keep that under your hat. Uh, <laughs> okay, what else we got? Uh, we have Eli Roth's History of Horror Season 3. Um, have you watched any of that, Brad? I watched a couple episodes of
1: the first season. Um, I liked it. Uh, You know, it was pretty well uh, produced and, you know, he had some good interview subjects, but I'm, I, I am surprised he's been the three seasons in and he's still pumping these things out. Um, but no, I mean, if you're like a fan of these sort of like, you know, horror documentary things uh, there, it's, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I, I've heard it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Eli Roth is a little bit of a divisive personality. I know some people are finding him obnoxious, but I, I could see myself watching that. Uh, um, we also have a, a 4K release of Drive. Uh, I believe Steve Wang was the director of that one. But this is from 88 Films, and it's worth noting that um, the only reason I'm not going to be buying this because I actually really do like this movie um, is because I already have it um i have the except i have the md mvd version of it um 88 films remains one of those enigmatic uh distributors that's like they are making all the things that i love but most of them are region b and so far all the ones that are region a it's like it's just not the right one or something so i i'm desperate to give them my money they just haven't put out the right title just yet Um, It really pisses me off how many region B titles they put out like lately that are like right up my alley, like the tiger cage trilogy and the the police story trilogy box sets are so beautiful. Um, And I'd love to watch all of those movies. I've only seen one of the tiger cage movies, which I actually brought up on the most recent tales from the shelf episode. Um, And the police story films are awesome. I've seen those, including the not so good ones. Um, I'm looking at you new police story, and police story 2013 if that is your real name (laughs) i think they retitled it like police story lockdown or something when they released it here that movie has exactly one instance of people hitting each other and it's not good um yeah (laughs) drive is excellent though um mark de has seldom been better um really really high quality hong kong style action choreography from a 90s action like american action film Funny enough, if memory serves, it, like, came out around the same time as Rush Hour. Um, And it also features a multi-ethnic, like, buddy cop-type duo. Um, A lot of fun. Uh, Highly recommended. Um, We also have uh, from, I want to call them, like, newcomers, uh, Visual Vengeance. Uh, We have Slaughter Day. Uh, The reason I refer to them as newcomers is that their cover art is very distinct. And I only recall seeing them within the past couple of months. Am I wrong on that, Brad?
1: No, they're they're pretty new. Um, and they put out a few things. Um, I think maybe it was last month or the month before, they put out the cinematic classic LA AIDS jabber. Um, which I, I have not seen, but uh I think I don't think it was on here. I think it was on my show. I was talking about it and I Revealed the twist ending, um, but it is a it is a, it is a good twist. I and I think that is I think L.A. Aids Jabber is free to watch on Tubi, so I might be popping on of watching that. But uh, Slaughter Day, um, I have heard actually is pretty charming and fun, and it was made by like a group of I don't know if they were actually kids, but very young people, like a group of friends. And I think it's a shot-on-video, just micro-budget sort of horror movie that's got a lot of charm to it. Um, And, yeah, I actually uh, wouldn't mind. Like, I kind of want to buy some things from this label because they are fairly new. L.A. AIDS Jabber, of course, is a a possibility. They also are putting out, I don't know if it is this same week or if it's later in the month or before, uh, I think it's called Blood of the Chupacabras, um, and I thought that one, I was like, oh, well, I, I like monster movies. That could be fun. And I, I kind of looked up the letterboxd, uh, rating and reviews for it. And they were pretty much like one star, half star, like across the board, like not even like fun to watch. Like something like, eh, all right, maybe I won't pick that one up as my first one, but yeah, visual vengeance, uh, you know, cool to have a new label out there.
0: Oh yeah. That's always very exciting. And they do clearly have like a strong sense of branding. Um, they spared no expense when it comes to the cover art, that's for sure, uh, of all their titles thus far. Um, if I was to start with them, I think I would pick up Suburban Sasquatch because um, I, I have seen enough of that film from watching Red Letter Media over the years um, to know that that one with a group of friends can confirm would be a lot of fun. I can't speak for the chupacabras, but Suburban Sasquatch, I, I can't see how you, you would be able to get through that without, you know, pointing at the tv and laughing at least a couple of times um we also have abandoned uh, which is a contemporary release from the year 2022 obviously um we have voyage into space uh who is putting out this disc from scorpion releasing uh, this is some good old-fashioned uh man in rubber suit uh daikaiju cinema uh from, based on a japanese television program uh, we have Canadian bacon from the year nineteen ninety-five. Uh, from MVD Visual. Uh, this is, of course, Michael Moore's uh, narrative film, uh, featuring everybody's favorite, lovable Canadian, John Candy. Uh, God, I miss that guy. Um,
1: I did not know uh, Michael Moore directed this.
0: Yes, he did. Wow. Um, this, this movie's kind of fun. Um, it 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 is. I I can confirm. It's pretty fun. It's it's late era uh John Candy but you know he was always good even when he was you know getting up there and wait and on his way out um this one's fun uh, i i wouldn't say it's one of his best um but the novelty factor of Michael Moore and John Candy um and and an absurdist plotline uh, it it has some things going for it um never thought i'd see that on blu-ray but I might actually i might actually like i've I actually watched that
1: <laughs> well d- be aware that uh only uh bonus feature is a trailer and uh the uh, picture quality got a three out of five from blu-ray.com so
0: yeah uh, i i'm not expecting much like i hate to say it like not to throw them under the bus but like mvd as far as i know they they're kind of a middle of the road just. Disc publisher yeah they they have they license a lot of amazing titles a lot of things targeted directly at me i mean i do own several of their movies a lot of their van damme shit um but in terms of like quality it's like i you know I, I don't expect the most um we have uh, i think a third movie uh based on the it's simply called Cave Rescue from the year 2022. Uh, it's about the cave diving rescue operation in Thailand. Um, that we had, what, a documentary. Uh, we had a narrative film. And now we have another direct-to-video narrative film, all based on the same goddamn story. So there are no shortage of cave fucking rescues out there. Uh, we have Some Girls featuring Patrick Dempsey and presume. Oh, is that jennifer Connolly and some other people looks like jennifer yes. Connolly. on the left yeah yeah uh, oh yeah i, that's I don't her. know that one but 1988 patrick dempsey and 1988 jennifer Connolly that'll work uh i would like to point out um so folks at home uh anime is something that we get a fuck ton of on the release calendar from month to month and as a result uh And also, just because I'm I'm totally out of the game, it's not something I spotlight all the time. Uh, So, like, when we talk about it, it's because I have something to say about it. Um, So, in this case, I I do. Um, So, we have, uh, I believe this is a re-release, but still worth mentioning. Uh, Gunbuster, colon, the movie. Um, Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because it's a noteworthy title, um, but it's also a frustrating one. Uh, so this is a anime uh, OVA series slash movie um, that was made by Hideaki Anno, um, who is basically like he's like the the foremost authority on like like Japanese pop culture properties these days. Like ever since Shin Gojira, like every major like Japanese media property has just been handed over to him, and he seemingly can do no wrong. Like he's he's he shin ultraman came out recently desperately want to see that apparently it's great uh shin common writers on the way i think that may have already come out desperately want to see that too uh he wrapped up evangelion uh Gunbuster is something from early in his filmography that i have never seen but i desperately want to only problem is it's widely known that there's a right way to watch it and a wrong way and as far as I understand, the OVA, like the episode version, like watching it in like I think four parts is the right way to watch it. However, like the most commonly available version of it you'll find on DVD and Blu-ray and whatnot, at least in the US, is the movie version, which is condensed and usually regarded as highly inferior. And to date, like I, I have yet to find the episode version of it. And uh, like for the right price because it's usually obscenely overpriced because as far as I know when it was put out on DVD a long time ago uh, it was in limited quantities or something uh, so it, it pisses me off to see this re-released once again in in the wrong format or quote the wrong format um, so anyway that's my story but um, I will also point out that we have a uh, a film called Sniper colon the White Raven which I believe if I recall like the rumblings i heard online i think this is essentially a pro-ukraine um propaganda film uh Hmm. pro-ukraine in their current conflict with russia um which you know sure I i don't have anything against that good for them is it supposed to is it any good have you heard or i haven't heard anything about the quality but as far as i understand the subject matter is it's about a ukrainian sniper doing battle with russian soldiers um and it, I think it's a contemporary film, like, to reflect the current situation.
1: Might be worth uh, watching now while it's uh, unfortunately still topical.
0: I mean, it, I think it's neat that, you know, something like that would get international distribution. That's true, yeah. Um, if they were smart, they would, I don't know, divert some of the, the earnings to, like, charity or something. Um, probably the case, actually. Uh, okay, Brad. let's move on to page nine. Um, and right off the bat, I see <laughs> a title that, uh, folks at home, uh, if you want to have a, a confusing, but <laughs> highly entertaining experience listening to Brad's show, the cinema speak podcast, check out he and all of his friends review of, uh, Boz Luhrmann's Elvis,
1: yeah, I think there was there were six of us on that episode. It was uh, it was it was a pretty packed. I don't
0: know how you coordinated that. Yeah, like, how did you, how did you spin all those plates and, and get all those people to fall in line and not <laughs> talk over each other?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it was it was tough, but uh, I mean the real surprising thing is that there was that many of us, but it ended up being uh, quite possibly our shortest episode ever. So I don't know how that uh, how we managed <laughs> to pull that off, but yeah, it's uh, definitely <laughs> definitely one to check out. The movie itself. Not really that great, uh. But uh, you know, my review of it. Yeah, I, I had fun. Uh, I had fun talking about it with some buds.
0: Oh yeah, Brad had Brad had so many people in the room. Just just so just so many yeah. bodies packed into one small recording space. It was unbelievable. A highly coordinated operation over there in Michigan. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also have "Where the Crawdads Sing," which uh, I believe you did what a micro review of that one for CinemaSpeak?
1: Yeah, I saw it. It's another kind of of middle-of-the-road. Not as bad as I expected it to be, honestly, but uh, just kind of a movie that's
0: not really for me. Gotcha. Um, We also have, uh, on 4K, uh, Real Genius from 1985, starring a very young uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, I remember we had a bootleg VHS of this uh, at my parents' house when I was a kid, and I wasn't allowed to watch it. And I think that meant it had a lot of tits in it. <laughs> not positive on that but 1985 probably a, a raunchy comedy wouldn't be surprised i don't actually know though i've never seen it yeah same here never seen this one uh we also have uh lightyear uh from disney which uh brad and his his girlfriend reviewed and uh wow uh no love for Lightyear. <laughs> Holy shit!
1: <laughs> yeah, this one might be up for uh, I forget what the what I call it, but the award that I give out at the end of the year for the most mediocre movie of the year. Because this thing is just like bland and uninteresting all the way through. Not bad by any means, but just not good at all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I have heard some shit about this, mostly from Brad. Um, it was never on my radar personally, so I, I'm happy to avoid it. Um, we also have uh, a Criterion release of Takeout from the year 2004. Um, who directed this? Uh, Sean Baker and Shi Ching Tso. Uh, not a film that's known to me, but as we tend to say, part of the Criterion collection, probably worth your time. Uh, we also have Rollerball. Uh, from Scorpion releasing uh, from the year 1975 directed by Norman Jewison uh, and featuring uh, the unfortunately recently uh, deceased uh, James Kahn. I saw this movie a long time ago. I was kind of obsessed with this movie when I was in like middle school or something because we had an old black and white book about sci-fi film in our library at the school uh, and I remember fixating on, on the short chapter about this movie and I was really intrigued by the premise about you know a violent sport being the opiate of the masses in the near future or something Uh, and the movie is neat Uh, it's most certainly better than what the Oliver Stone remake uh, (laughs) but uh, I don't I don't know if I'd regard it as like an all-time classic or anything but I really like James Caan and the premise alone is very intriguing Uh, Beside that, uh, I don't know, is this the first time it's appearing on Blu-ray? Cool World from the year 1992 from Shout Factory. Uh, This is, of course, a Ralph Bakshi movie. Um, And this movie did not work uh as far as i understand uh, for most audiences but ralph bakshi is like if ever there was a director who did not work for everybody uh that would, he'd be it uh, <laughs> very very interesting person uh, very divisive person very very strange worldview uh and hideous art style if you ask me but uh his work is interesting i'll just say that much brad do you have any thoughts on ralph bakshi or cool world
1: uh no I I honestly uh can you let me know what are what's some of the I'm looking it up now what are some other stuff that he's done
0: Uh Fritz the Cat oh, is yeah. probably one of the big ones Uh he also did one of the animated versions of Lord of the Rings um back in the day Uh it, as far as I understand they did not finish the narrative of it it's it's mostly just the first two books um and he also has i think at least one movie that i don't feel comfortable saying the name of oh yeah yeah i see which one yeah. <laughs> um but Good he's call. he's from he's cut he's cut from the same cloth as like a r crumb essentially like he, he's very very much uh an outsider artist that somehow was was pushed into like the mainstream um, because some of his animated films were wildly successful. Like Fritz the Cat was very successful. And some of those other movies, including the one that I can't really say the name of, as far as I understand, they did pretty well. And they did resonate with the contemporary audiences. Um, only problem is like you, you march on down the line to like 1992. And I, I don't know if the financing was as easy to acquire. And I don't know if audiences were, like on the same wavelength as they were in the 70s um so he kind of faded into obscurity but his his uh his worldview um and his creativity are are singular like he's very much a unique voice for sure uh, very interesting fella very strange interview um but cool world is a, a mess of a movie like make no mistake like as much as i praise the man for his artistic creativity and whatnot cool world's not a good movie um it has some it has some interesting elements to it from a like a creative standpoint but beyond that it's it's a mess um young brad pitt though very very young brad pitt kind of Mm. kind of a fun little easter egg there well not easter egg but like a a weird uh selling point in the year 2022 yeah um we also have uh from it's a shutter exclusive uh in a blu-ray format uh the amusement park Uh, which is a George Romero film. Uh, The Romero estate just keeps on producing content (laughs) like many years after his passing. Um, Brad, you watched that for... You did like a micro-review for that one, correct?
1: Yeah, I watched it. Um, Yeah, it was an interesting watch. Uh, Can't say it'd be something I'd pick up and revisit time and time again, but... Uh, yeah, I think it was actually filmed by him as sort of a, like, feature-length PSA on, like, dementia and, you know, aging. And uh, I guess he shot it, and it was so horrifying and so not what they had wanted that uh, they basically canned it, and it really didn't come out until recently. So it's an interesting watch in that regard, and it, it is effective. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's... a. Uh, it's an interesting little oddity that's worth watching.
0: Gotcha. Um, we also have, uh, on 4k Monty Python's, the meaning of life, uh, from the year 1983, uh, Monty Python is a huge deal to people all over the world. Um, not to me personally. Um, but there are members of the troupe uh, that I really do appreciate. Like I love John Cleese in particular. He's fantastic. And, um, <laughs> eric eric Idle i found annoying and like in his more solo endeavors down the line um but he was always appreciated as well but terry gilliam like as the director of a lot of monty python projects was probably like the big winner of the group if you ask me but meaning of life i think i saw it once um i'm not one of those people that can rattle off all the quotes and those all like all the insider things and whatnot but um that's a big title for a lot of people um they also have fatal attraction on 4k uh 35th anniversary edition from paramount um this is a movie i actually really want to see uh, because uh kyle likes to point out that like what was it from like 1980 to 1993 or something it was just like it was the age of the michael douglas erotic thriller but yeah, that, that's something I'd, I'd like to check out at some point. Um, we also have a title that I am considering. Uh, speaking of four uh, K upgrades, um, a title that I'm actually considering uh, upgrading. Um, we have Oliver Stone's uh, Platoon uh, from the Shout Select series on four K. Uh, now, Brad, uh, do you know like what the what the buzz is about this particular release? Like, is it a good one? Is it a letdown?
1: Uh, I actually don't. Well, I'm telling you, I'm looking at the uh, Blu-ray.com review, and uh, low marks on the 4K picture quality. Um, yep, never mind then. <laughs> well, here I'll just let me just read you a qu- uh, quick, uh, quick quote here. It said, "This is certainly not the waxiest home video image of all time." but it is far from what the film deserves and demands from the 4K format capable of so much more. So, yeah, it might okay. be... Uh, might want to pass on this one if you're just going for the uh, 4K
0: upgrade. I think I am going to pass then uh, because I, I do love this movie. Uh, this movie is very important to me. Um, my dad actually is a Vietnam vet, and he spoke highly of this movie when I was a kid. Um, and I, I do own it on a Actually, this is one of those few Steel books that I have. Funny enough, um, so I, I wouldn't have minded upgrading, honestly. But if it's not, if it's not a significant bump, then never mind. Yeah, I a question.
1: I think I have the same uh, Steel book as you, and apparently that it's the weirdly it says it's the same master, but uh, on Blu-ray.com they gave that five stars for the Blu-ray when it first came out. But now they're uh, saying it is uh, wax city for the 4K. So I don't know what's going on, but apparently the picture quality not great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not getting it then. Uh, that's why that's part of why we do this show, folks. Is like Brad. Brad is great at doing the research and doing the digging for me. <laughs> um, Okay, so it is now finally time to talk about the fog. Uh, so we have this the also, and we have the super duper special edition, but we also have the standard four K edition of John Carpenter's "The Fog" from the year nineteen eighty. Uh, Brad, any feelings on the on the fog?
1: Uh, not anything strong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I saw it only for the first time a few years ago, and uh, it's all right, but it is definitely minor Carpenter. Um, and, uh, I own the Scream Factory release. I I think I have a steelbook of it. Um, I don't know. I'll check quick how the picture quality is, um, on this new one. There, there's not even a blu-ray.com review for this, so who knows? It might've gotten delayed because there's no user reviews either. I don't see, it's very strange, but, um, Yeah, I can't say I'm going to upgrade on this one, but uh, if you've never seen it, it it is a solid film worth watching. Not great, but solid.
0: You know, personally, I don't even think I ever finished it. I did start it several years ago, um, and I remember having a chuckle at the uh, Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis subplot that seemed like it was from a different movie it just seemed like john carpenter wanted to hang out with some people he likes or something for a (laughs) while while you know while pretending to film a movie or something um some some neat shots for sure um i like the location they filmed in um good soundtrack obviously john carpenter uh in you know early 80s um, but yeah, for whatever reason, I just never got around to finishing it, and I do because of that. I like my mind kind of relegates it to lesser Carpenter, although I I'm not positive if that's true. Maybe that's me being short sighted. But I'm just now
1: scrolling through the Fog 4K uh, forum on Blu-ray.com. I don't know what's going on, but people are freaking out. Apparently, there is a disc replacement program. I'll try and get some more info here, but buyer beware buyer beware,
0: I guess. Oh, I, I think I found an audio drop. I need to get you, Brad. Um, we need to get you the, uh, the OCP news, uh, music from RoboCop. It's like incoming message from the big giant head. That would be a good one. <laughs> I would use that quite a bit actually. Yeah. We got a news update folks. Live news update. Um, Okay, so beside that, we also have, uh, from the same year, um, 1980, Friday the 13th, Sean S. Cunningham's Friday the 13th on 4K. Uh, Is that debuting on the format, Brad? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a 4K debut, I think, as far as I know. Okay. Well, that is a huge one uh, for any of those slasher folks out there. I mean, we already did talk about some slasher business uh, earlier in this episode. Um, that is definitely a huge title that a lot of folks are going to be gobbling up instantly. Um, and it's a solid movie. Like, like the, I, I quite enjoy the Friday the 13th franchise just because of how rock stupid simple it is. Um, And also for the general high standard of quality when it comes to like the makeup effects and gore and whatnot. That is a selling point for me personally when it comes to like slasher entertainment and whatnot. Um, I prefer just the sledgehammer stupid approach rather than the more suspenseful, more serious (laughs) approach. Uh, So those movies generally work for me. Um, Admittedly, the first one is probably the one I've seen the least, um, but it is quite solid. Um, And there's a reason an entire franchise spawned from it. Um, So let's uh, bounce over to page eight. And uh, this one looks to be a quick one, I think. Uh, So uh, first one that I will point out here, Brad, and this is actually really fucking funny um, to me anyway, to me, folks, shut up. (laughs) Um, uh, We have Mercenary Fighters from the year 1988 from Code Red, And this is directed by Andrew Deutsch or Dooch, uh, starring Peter Fonda. Uh, and most importantly though, Red Brown, uh, Red Brown is a legend of, uh, schlock cinema. Uh, he loud, loudest scream in the West, uh, big hulking blonde man played Captain America at one point, always screams no matter what film and what occasion, um, and to, be- to get to the fucking point already, uh, Mercenary Fighters just so happens to be another film that Spoonie <laughs> reviewed on his Spoonie experiment Spoonie. website way back in the day. So Spoonie strikes again. Um, he, in fact, had a annual event called Rebuary where uh, in February of each month, he would uh, each year, rather, uh, he would review Rep Brown films, and this was one of them. And I actually might buy this fucking film because red brown makes me laugh and uh this movie has at least a couple of hilarious moments in it plus it's a schlocky action film that's very clearly ripping off rambo two or rambo three one of the rambos post first rambo um if it's the right price i might grab this one um now we have a whole bunch of shit that i don't feel the need to talk about um but, Brad, I need to ask you about both Poltergeist and The Lost Boys. What is going on with those particular 4K releases? Are these new? Are these, like, Best Buy Exclusive? Uh, do we have standard releases of these already? What's going on?
1: Yep, these are new, Um, but I th- these are just uh, Best Buy Exclusive Steelbooks. The artwork here, which uh, I'm not crazy about. I'm honestly not crazy yeah. about the artwork on the standard of at least Poltergeist either. But, um... Yeah, these are just steelbook versions. Uh, I think the regular versions are going to be just in a couple pages. Um, So we will get to those. I do want to mention quick, uh, before we leave this page, a couple of Mondo Macabro releases, um, including In the Folds of the Flesh and A Haunted Turkish Bathhouse, which is a, a mix of erotica and horror. But I have to say... Buyer beware, breaking news, uh, Mondo Macabro two days ago said that there is a uh, an issue with their release, and apparently, the according to them, I have their statement pulled up here, it says, they say, it seems the disc will not load on most players. So, <laughs> big issue
0: there. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of a problem. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: but apparently it's... Um, not, It's something, uh, this was an error that occurred in the manufacturing phase and not during their authoring or quality control process. Um, so apparently it was wherever they get their discs from or whatever. Uh, but just uh, be aware, if you were dying to watch A Haunted Turkish Bathhouse, uh, you, you might not be able to get it because they have temporarily halted shipments of orders
0: containing that title. So it's, it's going to be a while yikes uh, not not a good month uh, for quality standards in disc publishing yikes yeah um that's good that they you know announced it though like yeah that made that's it clear. true i mean that's all you can do like if it happens it happens yeah um, but that's unfortunate um okay so let's bounce over to page seven um and right out the gate we have something that i'm sure you'll have quite a lot to say about brad uh we have From Shudder, Shudder original, Cursed Films, Colin, season two. Um.
1: Yeah, um, this one, it is directed by uh, somebody named Jay Cheel, who is a co-host on a show called The Film Junk Podcast. And it was kind of the first movie podcast I ever got into. Um, So I'm a big fan of the show but the podcast and this show that he directed, he's done some feature films and stuff as well. But, uh, cursed films, the, you know, each episode focuses on a supposedly cursed quote unquote film. And it kind of, the first season, the, uh, sort of central idea, central thesis was taking these, you know, curses like the poltergeist curse and essentially boiling them down to the basics and saying, they're not actually, there's no curse here. It's just uh, unfortunate accidents or mishandling of props on sets. And, you know, we we try to put these curses on these films because it makes things a little easier to digest, thinking that there might be a curse, rather than just uh, several members of the cast died in tragic cir- circumstances, including murders and horrible things. Uh, the second season, very good as well. It kind of does get away from, like, the idea of, like, a, Curse, quote unquote, and it's really more just like, um, gets into like more just like dangerous sets and you know, bad things that happened on sets. It's not really like things that are cursed necessarily, but you know, cursed in a different way. Just the idea of cursed, of like the first episode is The Wizard of Oz, and they talk about how you know, the, the snow or whatever it was in the field was actually asbestos, and uh one of the stunt doubles or the maybe it was the actual actress for the Wicked Witch of the West uh, a, a pyrotechnic thing lit off incorrectly and she actually suffered like some very severe burns and it just goes into like some you know stories like that for all the films and uh, yeah it's, it's very good it's definitely worth watching and um, I'll be picking it up.
0: Yeah uh, folks at home if you're not aware Brad has told me in the past about Jay Chiel and like how important his work has been to his interest in podcasting and whatnot. Um, and it's just really cool to, to see somebody go from one smaller endeavor into something more mainstream and, and something more widely approachable, like, like a shutter original series or something that's now available on Blu-ray. So that's really cool when you get to see that process unfold. Um, Beside that, we have a Shout Factory release of Kamen Rider* *Kuga*. Um, Kamen Rider* is something I've, I've always really liked. Um, it's also one of those funny, like Japanese, m- like massive, sprawling media franchises that has not has not exactly successfully penetrated the Western market, to my knowledge. Like there are a couple of other *Common Rider* releases on DVD and Blu-ray in the U.S there was a common writer a couple of us editions of common writer shows on tv even back in the 90s um but as far as i understand it's never quite had the same presence that like a power rangers or an ultraman had like does to this day because like ultraman has that mill creek connection these days they like for a while there they were just pumping those out like every other week or something but common Rider, it's pretty rare um, so i don't know if this is a, a sign of things to come um Kuga is not a series I'm actually interested at all to check out, um, but there are actually some other comment writer shows that if if they if Shout Factory puts them out, I will get them. So I'm hoping those are waiting down the line at some point. Um, we have uh, Wrong Place, uh, featuring everybody's favorite Bruce Willis. His face looks oddly simian, like like his proportions, like the photoshopping. It looks yeah. like they stretched him out a little bit. <laughs> it's uh it's a little funky um but also it looks like ashley green is in that one um she's one of those twilight peoples and the only reason i know her name is because she was in the scott adkins film one shot um, where she gives a pretty solid performance but beyond that in twilight not somebody i know or care about um we also have uh, a dc animated film uh, batman colon the long halloween um i believe And dc animation has done this before Um, i think this was originally a two part thing that they they put out two separate blu-rays for each half of the story i think this is a combined version of it um long halloween is a massively important batman uh, story um, inspired most of the batman films that we've had in live action Um, but it's actually not one that i'm super hype about so like i check i check these out once in a blue moon but this is not one that i'm i'm at all interested to check out personally um we have a criterion release of uh, le corbeau um, which i believe means the raven uh, from 1943 um do you know this one brad
1: i i know it or at least i know of the filmmaker by reputation um i have heard that yeah it is a I don't, I don't know what year it came out does it say there uh, uh 43
0: 43
1: I do believe it directly uh has to do with the uh Nazi occupation um and or at least it deals with that maybe it doesn't like name them directly but it, it, that is at least what uh it is about so it is a, a a very timely when it came out political film uh i I will say though uh you know Bonus features on this one, a little lacking. You got a, an interview with uh, some other filmmaker. I mean, obviously, you know this movie's old, so I'm not, it's not like we're gonna get a new filmmaker uh, interview with Henry George Clouseau. Um, but then there's also some excerpts from a another do, like a documentary featuring Henry George Clouseau. It's like we don't even, and it might be rights issues, but we don't even get that full documentary. We just get like the excerpts featuring him. And then that's it. It's like, you know, g- give me a commentary on some, like from some film scholar or something, like g- give it a little something else. Like it just, it, you know, I love criterion, but some of their releases they put out, they are pretty bare bones
0: to be totally honest. Huh. Uh, that's, that's something that like I, I haven't encountered very often myself, but um, you know, it, it, it'll happen from time to time, but Hopefully the like hopefully the presentation of the film itself is is to the same standards um we have our uh, first indicator release uh, in this discussion uh, orders to kill from 1958 uh, i only really point that out because indicators kind of a, a newcomer in the states anyway um, and it's exciting to have a new new publisher out there uh, at least in this region now i believe they're in the uk correct brett
1: yeah, they're mostly in the UK. They just got into uh, Re- Region A releases.
0: Gotcha. Um, we have several classic films. Uh, we have t- The Turning Point, uh, The Strange Love of Martha Ivers, The Last Train from Madrid, um, as well as a smattering of uh, Woody Allen films. We uh, also have... <laughs> moving Right Along? <laughs> yeah, Moving Right Along. I mean, you, yeah, you, you understand... You understand the process, (laughs) like I'll point that out and say nothing about it.
1: (laughs) I I will say this: I'm not commenting on Woody Allen at all, but I will say it does piss me off because I own some of these from the Twilight Time Blu-ray, and then Twilight Time kind of kind of went under. They're kind of back, but I'm like, oh man, these Twilight Time releases—they're you know limited to how many copies, a thousand or whatever—and then whoever this jokester label is, Sandpiper Pictures or whatever. Start, starts putting these movies out and now my my twilight time discs the value is going down
0: yeah such so is the life of the collector just like every development just like devalues the things you hold most dear yeah. <laughs> Um, we also have an eat up presumably anyway the reef colon stalked uh from 2022 uh, brad you gonna be checking this one out
1: I think this one is uh streaming on shutter I could be wrong but uh, I think it's on there so yeah I, I I'll be checking this out I watch every one of these shitty shark movies so why not this one
0: I really do want to get back into the shitty shark game because uh, it's been a while since I've watched a good shitty shark movie and and I do I I, I am looking for shitty shark movies so maybe this will be the one uh, we also have a post-mortem from the year 2020 uh, I'll read the description no I'm not going to read the description it looks interesting just leave it at that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have uh, The Outer Limits season 1 and I think I'm prepared to move to page 6 how about you Brad sounds good to me yeah okay let's bounce over to page 6 and uh, we have Invaders from Mars from 1953 on 4K and who's putting this Ignite Films do I know them not a familiar name Wow, uh, this appears to be their first title uh, listed on Blu-ray.com. Wow, uh, yeah,
1: this is news to me.
0: Yeah, uh, wow. So we got we got a new newcomer, uh, Ignite Films, putting out Invaders from Mars from 1953, which, funny enough, is actually a film that Toby Hooper would remake. Um, yeah. Probably 30 years down the line. Um, wow, uh, I'll have to keep an eye out. Uh, for future uh, ignite films titles um we have the standard edition uh, 4k releases of the lost boys and poltergeist um brad is not kidding the cover art i don't think there exists a good contemporary cover for either of these films um, because both the steelbook like the best buy exclusive and and the standard cover art for these is fucking terrible yeah i mean how do you fuck that up? Like, the Lost Boys has one of the most iconic posters from its era. Yeah, the Lost Boys, the poster, is
1: you can't beat the poster. Like, there's no point in trying to one-up the poster. Like, not that the poster is, like, you know, a masterpiece of design, but it is iconic, and it, it gets the vibe of the movie so much better than what this is. Like, this is bad. And Poltergeist, like, I just act—I actively do not like that artwork I, first of all i don't know why you wouldn't incorporate the uh, young girl in the television in some way this is like not that iconic i mean it's i'm assuming this is like the end of the film when he the they're relieving the house i don't i i think i you you
0: moved the headstones but you didn't move the body yeah uh, we got craig t nelson instead of you know carol ann basically the franchise mascot aside from the little lady
1: and from far away, obviously it would look different. Like if you're holding the 4k, but it looks like he is holding two flares. I'll,
0: uh, it does Alan it does. Grant and Jurassic park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, these, these covers are horrendous. I don't know if it's like a rights issue or something. Like they didn't have access to the poster art for either of these films. I mean, both of these movies have iconic imagery associated with them. Um, and if you ask me they're both very good films um joel schumacher's the lost boys has a lot of subtext to it um and it turns into kind of similar to like a from dusk till dawn it does turn into a little bit of a different movie in its final act but if you ask me it's a lot of fun uh and i don't know if the canadian coreys are a selling point to anybody out there but at the time they were kind of a big fucking deal it was a hell of a one-two punch um and Poltergeist, speaking of fucking Toby Hooper, I guess it's, it's his month or big something. Big month, um, yeah.
1: Big month for the guy.
0: Wish he could have been here to see it. I know. It's kind of <laughs> a bummer. But I, I quite like Poltergeist. Um, I, I know there's rumors abound that Spielberg ghost directed it or something. Like, as far as I know, he just produced it. Maybe he had some influence on how the film panned out, like a producer generally does. Uh, but either way, I, I enjoy the movie. Uh, a lot of... Really incredible special effects for the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, those those titles, the specs look like they're pretty solid on them. It's kind of a shame about those covers, though. Um, we also have Crawl on 4K, um, which Brad and I are both big fans of. And what is this little blurb here on the bottom right corner? First time on 4K UHD includes bonus bites. What is a bonus bite? I have no idea. I don't know, but Blu-ray.com doesn't have a review posted just yet, but I'm curious what that translates to.
1: Yeah, I like, mean... Is I... it like a
0: pop-up video or something? <laughs> Maybe. It's probably
1: just some new bonus features, I'm guessing. I, I, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't, I have no idea, but I already have this on Blu-ray. As much as I do enjoy the movie, it's not one that I'm in a hurry to upgrade, but um, we also have... the. Batman: the long halloween on 4k by the way uh we also have uh vengeance from the year 2022 from universal this is uh written directed and starring uh bj novak um i heard this was good but i'm not positive on that brad um do do you have a take on this one
1: i haven't seen it um i'm curious yeah i've heard it's good i have heard it is uh he is a podcaster so i've i've definitely heard uh a lot of different podcasters have uh, drawn attention to it. Um, but, yeah, it kind of seems like it's a bit of a southern fried <clears throat> sort of mystery kind of thing. Uh, maybe some thriller elements. I don't even know if I watched a trailer for it, to be totally honest. Um, but, yeah, I've I've heard it's good, so I wouldn't mind checking it out.
0: Yeah, this is one of those rare movies that uh, the girlfriend actually said I would like to watch that before. And I still don't know what it is. So apparently she knows the scoop. I, okay. I have no fucking clue. Um, and nor is BJ Novak a selling point for me personally. I have no, I have zero exposure to the man. So I have no idea what to expect. So hopefully it's good. Um, we have a criterion release of uh, Exotica. Uh, not a title that's known to me, but I do think it's curious that the release date is uh, 1993 to 1994. Um, we have yeah. a 4k release of old henry beside that um, which is a film that i guess it did pretty well on blu-ray or something because they've staggered the release very tightly um i actually picked this one up for like five bucks at a used store um on blu-ray um mostly because i i have a thing about non-action actors doing action things in cinema And the novelty factor of, you know, diminutive Tim Blake Nelson doing action cowboy stuff, I was like, oh, I got to see that. I mean, (laughs) and it's, it's fine. Like, it's a a fun little Western. It's not going to blow your hair back or anything, but like when it gets rolling, it is pretty fun. And from a performance standpoint, it's pretty solid. Um, Not a high recommend by any means, not a huge recommend, but it was all right. Good for $5. (laughs) Um, And beyond that, uh, we have Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull on 4K by itself.
1: Yeah, these all... I'm pretty sure
0: the only way you're going to sell that movie is if it's in a box. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't really
1: know why, but these all got staggered um, individual 4K releases. Maybe if there's people out there that are so OCD about their collection that they don't want to have Raiders under eye, maybe... I don't know, but, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what to say about that one. By the way, Br- uh, Brad, uh, Kyle actually bought me a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull poster. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I think, I think it's like his sick fucking sense of humor or something. He's like, here, this is for you. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, man. You expect me to put that up in my home? Jesus. Yeah, that's not a gift, that's a punishment but that's how i interpret it i was like what would i do man <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so let's bounce over to pay- page five and uh we have a- oh by the way they have like a super duper dragon ball super box set or something that your boy santino might be interested to know about um although he probably doesn't have time being as he's uh Committing to watching all of One Piece uh, before the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, he is going to kill himself. Like, he is going to do serious harm to himself in achieving that goal, by the
1: way. One Piece, one year. You got to do it, I guess. It's,
0: the boy's committed. Um, okay, so page five. Brad, um, most of this is vinegar syndrome. Do you want to like just blow through it real quick?
1: There, I mean, there's so many. There's so many partner titles. I Honestly, I don't even know... <laughs> Where to begin. I will say the one, at least on this page, actual uh, title is uh, Vinegar Syndrome, the Amityville Horror coming out on 4K, which is honestly a pretty big get for them. Um, Yeah. I mean- That's a mainstream hit. Yeah. And it's a double-edged sword because on the Facebook page for Vinegar Syndrome Collectors I'm in, a lot of people uh, were calling them sellouts and saying that the Vinegar Syndrome is dead to them because now they've gone mainstream- (laughs) What? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you win some, you lose some. I mean, Maybe I'm, I don't know if they said they, they're dead to them, but definitely people were like, I don't follow Vinegar Syndrome for these mainstream titles, but whatever, dude. What? Can't you cool it, dude. You got to pay, you got to keep the lights on somehow.
0: Is this is the equivalent of Vinegar Syndrome taking off their kiss makeup and doing a disco album or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. This is like when uh, Criterion put out the bre- The Breakfast Club. People thought that Criterion sold out.
0: (laughs) I I mean, that that's the funny part of being a boutique label is like, if eventually you're going to become successful, if you're lucky to the point that like, you start to rise above that slightly. And it's like, you're not punk rock anymore, man. (laughs) It's it's Mm -hmm. like, like, whatever, man, we have like one warehouse. (laughs) It's like, we have five employees and they're all in my family. (laughs) Um, uh,
1: the, uh, the only other one I'll mention is uh, Married to the Mob from Fun City Editions, which I don't have any real connection to this film, but I know some people do. I don't know if you do, um, but some people really like this film, and I guess the limited edition slipcover sold out very quickly on this one.
0: Ah, well, uh, I do know that uh, Brian uh, from Movies for Life, uh, he's been collecting all the Fun City Editions releases, so I'm sure this is one that he grabbed, but... Um, but no, I, I don't have a connection to Married to the Mob. Uh, it does sound fun on paper, though. Um, but just uh, real quick, I'll just brush over these real quick. Um, we got Saturday Night at the Baths. We got Fair Game. We got KFC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got Dead Guy Killing Music. <laughs> kind of love that if you say it too fast. Dead Guy Killing Music. <laughs> um, we also have Devil uh, Devil Rider of 1991, Um, Viva Erotica, uh, which I believe is a Chinese film or a Hong Kong film. Uh, Nobody waved goodbye. Um, And then the aforementioned Amityville horror. Uh, And then we uh, in a non-partner label or vinegar syndrome releases, we have The Warrior and the Sorceress from 1984. Not one that is known to me, but spared no expense on the cover or the poster rather. Um, Oh, by the way, uh, Red Sun Rising. Uh, is a vinegar syndrome title that i can point out uh that is uh, a don the dragon wilson film Um, he is a corner of martial arts schlock cinema that i have yet to explore Um, but it's a very enthusiastic corner i'll tell you that much Uh, there are people on the internets that uh there's a, a film franchise called blood fist that there's a there's a twitter account out there that I think the name of it is It Could Have Been a Blood Fist Movie or <laughs> basically just like talks about other movies that are not Blood Fist movies and tries to spin the plot of them to be a Blood Fist movie because there's innumerable Blood Fist movies all of which are headlined by Don the Dragon Wilson um, I know him like I know him as a kickboxer and as a stunt performer but I've never watched a Don the Dragon Wilson film uh, where he headlined it um, but this one's apparently, like, one of his better just overall films. I, I can't speak for the action component, but just as a film, apparently it's supposed to be, like, one of his better works. Um, also, time for something completely different. Uh, we have uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, release of uh, Taika Waititi's uh, Thor Love and Thunder, a.k.a. Thor 4. Uh, I have yet to watch this one myself, but uh, Brad, I actually forget. Did you... Did you talk about this one with Santino?
1: Yeah, we, we did, um, and I didn't love it, but surprisingly, I guess, maybe I liked it more than most people. Like, I thought it was at least watchable. Um, I kind of agree with most of the criticisms people have, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't know. I, I like Christian Bale in it. Um, I thought he was a pretty great villain, even if he was maybe underused. Um, but yeah, this movie has kind of gotten dumped on I feel like it's I mean it feels like I don't know if we're at a turning point but it feels like lately people have really been just dunking on the MCU from uh, the movies to even the shows some of the shows probably unfairly I haven't watched them all but uh, I don't know I, I question whether we are at a turning point I, I'm assuming Black Panther's probably gonna bring it back but i do agree lately their films have been kind of middle of the road and uh it seems like fans think that they're even worse so i don't know what the deal is but who knows
0: yeah i i haven't like been keeping my finger to the pulse but even i've been catching that vibe as well like a lot of the discourse seems to be pointing towards general dissatisfaction like uh movies in particular seem to just not be clicking with people but uh the the shows like there's a lot of shit being said about (laughs) she-hulk that sounds like it's probably not warranted yeah um there's a lot of layers to those discussions that are quite unfortunate and very like very unfair um but you know like maybe it's it's that dreaded franchise fatigue it's one of those things that it it is gonna happen like it's it's impossible to keep a thing running forever without hitting some lulls or hitting some speed bumps. Uh, so maybe we're we're just in a slow motion version of that or something. Doesn't mean they're going to stop making stuff though. <laughs> and Brad's probably right. It'll probably pick up once Black Panther 2 comes out, but we'll see what happens. But uh, Thor 11 Thunder Thunder funders, <laughs> um, is, uh, is, is a title that I probably will. I, I mean, I will pick up. I will watch. And more than likely, I'll, I'll do what I do and I'll say, yeah, that was Marvel good. That was adequate. That was adequate cinema. Uh, very, very expensive, adequate cinema. <laughs> um, okay, now things are getting ugly, Brad. We're getting into page four here. And I think I have two titles I can look at and say something about. Do you have any?
1: Uh, I mean, there's just more, uh, I mean, my God, more Vinegar Syndrome partner labels. Um, we've got uh, The Kid Brother from Canadian International Pictures. Uh, this one has an interesting slipcover because it is, uh, I guess, a horizontal, like you know, every it's the same, but it's horizontal, and the reason it is like that is because it is a movie about a young man who, and it's the, the actor himself uh, does not have legs. Um, and mm. it's kind of a, you know, coming of age, assuming it's a, you know, heartwarming story about him, you know, overcoming his, uh, disability and, uh, he, he does skateboard. So that's why he's on the skateboard there. Um, uh, but I mean, there's even more, there's hearts beat loud is a partner label with Nick Offerman, um, hot, uh, hot snake, uh, I think is an actual vinegar syndrome Release. I think it's part of a double feature actually. Um, We've got 16 Tongues, which is from Saturn's Core, so it's a a shot on video horror film. Uh, Ape, You Can't Kill, Meme, um, Buried Alive, I do believe is a legit vinegar syndrome release. Um, Oh, uh, Hot Snake and Guns and Guts are a double feature. I believe they are um Mexican western films that are uh, paired up together. So uh yeah, some more uh some more Vincent Goodness on that page
0: there. Yeah. Uh we also have the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler. which is a massive box set from Severin. Um and I will point out that the cover of Mutant Hunt appears to feature Mickey Rourke. <laughs> moving on. Uh so let's head to page 3. <clears throat>
1: what, and, what was that a joke uh, or
0: is that actually Mickey Rourke? I I attempted to make a joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I really hope I'm not right. I I just I just made a joke. I made a right, funny right. if you will. <laughs> no, that was good. It, it just took me a second. So, uh we have uh from Discotech Media uh, who I know to put out uh pretty high quality Japanese releases uh, they're putting out uh, Shogun's Samurai uh, colon the Yagyu clan conspiracy from 1978 uh, this is directed by Kinji Fukasaku uh, who I'm struggling to remember what he's done but uh, pretty cool cast here we got Kinosuke Nakamura who I know my mom and her her sisters were a fan of when they were kids uh, and Sonny fucking Chiba uh, who is a massive selling point for me personally um that was a fun movie i have it on dvd um so it's kind of neat to see it on blu-ray not one that i'm going to be uh, repurchasing by any means but uh, i do know that there is a sunny chiba box set uh being put out by shout uh very shortly within the next month or so that i am going to be getting because there are a lot of titles in that box that i've had my eye on for a long time they just haven't been available to me um We have that Blood of the Chupacabras movie, uh, from uh, what was it, Uh, Visual Vengeance that Brad had mentioned earlier. Uh, One star for entertainment value, so maybe maybe do your research before you pick that one.
1: I mean, I will say it does include uh, I don't know I forget what the title is, but uh, Return of the Chupacabras or Revenge of the There's There's two movies here, yeah, Revenge of the Chupacabras. (laughs) So you are getting value. Yeah, you are getting two terrible movies for the price of one. Okay,
0: uh, we have uh, Prem- Preman or Preman, man uh, Silent Furry, uh, Fury uh, from Well Go from Twenty. 25- Shut up, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard this one's, I've seen this featured on martial arts uh, movie news sites. Uh, I don't know if it's good, but it caught the eye of those those folks. Um, and it was uh, screened on Hi-Ya, uh, so you know it. it'll probably have some good fisticuffs at the very least. Um, speaking of uh, Red Letter Media, um, I did mention their uh, coverage of Suburban Sasquatch earlier. Um, Vinegar Syndrome is putting out a 4K release of The Incredible Melting Man, which is actually a movie I knew well before Red Letter Media covered it recently. Um, but this is a movie that was recently spotlighted on that program on YouTube. Um, so it's I don't know if that Sparked their acquisition of the property, but um, good timing on their part because fans of that show will probably gobble up this release. Um, any other titles on this page you'd care to mention, Brad? Uh, a couple
1: new ones from Cauldron Films. Uh, I don't really have much to say about them, but Liza the Fox Fairy and Sater. Um,. I, I did buy, I think, their last two Cauldron releases. Um, and I, I only watched one of them, but I was pretty happy with it. So, chance I could pick this up because they are a fairly new label that doesn't put out a ton of uh, content, which is actually kind of nice. Um, and then uh, just n- a couple more partner label. You got Faults. That's a Vinegar Syndrome partner label from Yellow Veil Pictures. And that's actually directed by the guy who directed, I think I talked to you about it, that dual movie where Karen Gillan has to murder like, murder her clone. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, so this is uh, that director in an early film of his, and I do believe it uh, can, has Mary Elizabeth Winstead in the cast for all the Winstead heads out there. And then uh, the corn shucker. Got to mention the corn <laughs> shucker from... Now apparently there's some controversy with the the name of this uh, label because I, I, originally it was supposed to be VH Shitfest, but I think uh, <laughs> I think on Facebook the label specifically is telling people now that they are going as V VHS Hitfest. It's not VH Shitfest. It's VHS Hitfest.
0: Uh, so just. I mean, from a from a business standpoint, that. That makes sense. Yeah. So just, well, even though I think it started, it, I, think it was, <laughs> I think it was like a
1: website or a blog or something that was like called VH Shitfest that is now a label. <laughs> so they're kind of like changing their name mid stride now that they're actually a business. But anyway,
0: moving on. I kind of love that. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, we have a, a documentary, by the way, called simply called Cinematographer uh, from the year 2022. Uh, cover does not speak to its quality i like i i don't get good vibes from that cover art i'll just leave it at that um uh but yeah i think that's all i have for that page so we're almost done folks uh page two um by the way we have a couple of reprints apparently we have uh, re- 4k reprints of gattaca jumanji the the Rock version, not not the Robin Williams one, and a Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, okay, so we have a Criterion release of Sound of Metal from the year 2019. Um, that's a very very good film. Uh, that that's one of those one of those titles that's like yeah that that belongs there. I mean, I, I was I was personally very impressed with it. It it lived up to the hype because it yeah. did get a lot of like film festival hype, and I think it was like an Amazon film uh, mm-hmm. when it was. When it achieved like full distribution, uh, did you you review this one, right, Brad?
1: Um, I think we reviewed it. I don't know, I guess I can't remember. I'm, I mean, it came out in 2020. What else were we talking about? I'm sure we reviewed it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I it was, I, I, I think it was my number one movie of that year, actually. Um, which again, it was 2020, so it's not saying a lot, but I, I did really yeah. like it. So, um, yeah, this and this is a 4K uh i think i will uh i think i will pick this
0: one up actually yeah i i would love to rewatch this film uh and i wouldn't mind opening my wallet to do so so yeah that that's on that's on my list um we have cloak and dagger on 4k from vinegar syndrome Uh, i don't know what it is about this cover art but it it makes me think of a lot of weird things <laughs> like for some reason I, th- I think it's the the black hair and the red jacket makes me think of akira like it mm. makes me think of kaneda for some reason <laughs> but um this is not a film that i know by reputation or otherwise but it's from 1984 um and it's on 4k from finneger syndrome uh we have uh from arrow a fugitive from the past from 1965 uh from mvd the Choc- the chocolate War. Uh, from 1988 Um, what else we got oh hey uh, we have an agfa release Brad Uh, the films of Doris Wishman colon the moonlight years Um, oh shit Uh, it's not the first time it's uh, appearing in the format Um, I believe uh, MVD put this out in one of their shitty uh, VHS cover art versions but um, holy fucking shit uh, we have Hudson Hawk, mm-hmm. 1991, uh, starring one Bruce Willis. Uh, this is one of those movies that I picked up on like DVD uh, from a bargain bin a long time ago because I, I it was like a I gots to know type situation where I had heard some shit about this movie. This is like Ishtar bad, and I was like I, I, I need I need to know why Hudson Hawk like what Hudson Hawk did to people because like the reputation of this film was awful. Um, And I don't think it's an absolutely horrendous film. It's an odd film. Uh, It's horribly disorganized, um, impossible to follow, um, oftentimes obnoxious, but it's not like the worst movie ever made, but uh, definitely a stain on the career of a lot of people involved. Um, Any other titles from this page you'd care to focus on, Brad? Um, there is another Fun City Editions
1: movie called Natural Enemies, um, that stars Hal Holbrook. And, hey, uh, I
0: like Hal Holbrook. Yeah,
1: I like him too, and apparently it's a, a pretty dark film. It's about, a, um, you might like Hal Holbrook, probably won't like him in this one. I guess it's a movie about a guy who decides he's gonna kill his wife and kids, and it's, uh, his last <laughs> day before oh, he, uh, pulls the trigger. Um, I don't know if... That's uh, if he actually if it actually happens, I, or if he his day leading up to it he decides not. To, I don't know, but sounds pretty dark. But I'm kind of like curious. It's uh, another Fun City Editions release, uh, and um, yeah, I, I might I might pop on this one.
0: I mean, I do like how Oldbrook is a performer, and Fun City Editions is a publisher that I don't actually own any titles from, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking for the right one but a uh, very interesting uh, concept. Okay, let's move on to page one, which just happens to be the last page. Um, so we already talked about Thor, we're, we're done with Thor. Um, we have The Munsters from the year 2022, directed by one Rob Zombie, who uh, folks at home, uh, Kyle and I are actually going to be talking about his basically his filmography uh, through October this year, um, maybe we'll end up talking about the monsters. Um, I've heard some shit about this movie, um, but uh, Brad, do you have an, any hype for the monsters? Are you going to be reviewing the monsters for the Cinema Speak podcast?
1: There is a good chance that we might. Uh, it might be next week's review. I haven't totally decided. I was I was considering reviewing, uh, reviewing Fall. But, uh, I didn't realize when that came out, it was going to be a 1999, uh, purchase. I thought it would be just you know, norm- normal rental. So, uh, the yeah, monsters, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching it for sure. So yeah, this might be, it'll be getting discussed. I-
0: I'm very curious. Yeah. I-, I did actually grow up watching the monsters show on Nick at night way back in the day. Um, yeah. So I do have some appreciation for the source material. Um, I uh, stepping into the shoes of, you know, Fred Gwynn, like I don't envy anyone uh, who would have to do that. Um, Everything I've seen about this movie looks terrible. Like it looks cheap. It sounds cheap. I have no fucking clue what, what the narrative is. Although I do think it's curious that like almost all the media I've seen for it just focuses on these three characters it's like am i like i i watched the show there were there were more characters than just three <laughs> like i don't know was this like a super duper COVID p- production or something where they they had to like keep it keep it tight just to have like a couple people on screen at a time um, either know. way it looks terrible i'll probably end up watching it and talking about it for three hours we'll see I mean, the, um, the Blu-ray does... They got to start with... paying me, Brad. They got to start paying me if we're going to be talking about the fucking monsters.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will not be buying the Blu-ray because it is on Netflix, but the Blu-ray does come with a, the making of documentary on it is an hour long, and it does come with a Rob Zombie audio commentary. So, I mean, only two bonus features, but I mean, that's pretty, like, that's all those I need. Those are good ones.
0: Yeah. Those are good ones. You you actually could get your money's worth out of those features if if they're executed earnestly and correctly, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see, but yeah, you heard it here, folks. We'll both probably end up watching the monsters. Um, beside that, we have a 4K release of Evil Dead, uh, from 2013. Um, this is being put out by Shout Factory, uh, and this was the Fede Alvarez remake of Sam Raimi's original and i quite like this actually like this was kind of the movie that like going forward it's like oh that Fede alvarez guy is making a horror movie sure let's see what he's got because it seems seems like he's got his head on straight when it comes to that kind of stuff and uh very different remake for sure um but i like the things they did with it um how about you brad do you have a take on this one
1: yeah i i like it a fair bit uh some great practical effects um yeah it's it's a fun little watch i don't know if i'm going to upgrade to the 4k um because i do already have the regular blu-ray but uh yeah it it is uh definitely one worth watching
0: i wish the evil dead franchise was like i wish the rights issues weren't a problem uh because like when it comes to like buying a, a nice tidy box set or something of of all things evil dead there basically isn't an option for that as far as i'm aware even the, the groovy box set or whatever the, the big shout factory, uh, box that is an excellent value when you, when you do the number crunching and, and consider what's in that box. As far as I recall, it doesn't, I don't think it has army of darkness, um, which is, you know, kind of a fucking problem. <laughs> um, I would, I would love to be able to just like get it all in one fell swoop because I haven't seen these movies since I was a teenager probably like 13 or 14 years old honestly um but i i was taken with them i i really really enjoyed them um so yeah the the search goes on for me but um it's you know someday someday we'll see Uh, beside that we have a 4k release of i know what you did last summer from 1997 uh yeah i i funny enough i actually read the book that this is based on i did too actually Uh, yeah I think I was in like middle school um and yeah I just decided to read the book or something and uh yeah it's not a great book and it's it's an okay movie um the sequel's trashy fun, I guess <laughs> I mean you get jack Black and uh dreadlocks yeah, what the, yeah why the like what the fuck else could
1: you ask for? I mean the um, only downside to this release is that I forget who it was um oh I can't remember who it was it was some uh uk label put out uh the the trilogy of these a little while ago i think just on blu-ray but they had i know what you did last summer i still know what you did last summer and i'll always know what you did last summer so little unfortunate that we're only getting the first one um, although that is probably the only one worth uh owning in 4k um but yeah this is not a great film but it is kind of It fits the bill after you watch Scream and you want more films like Scream, but obviously not as good. But it is kind of like, obviously, a direct, like, came out right after Scream. Obviously, it was banking on the success of that.
0: Oh, 100%. And I guess one other bump it gets in terms of, you know, value is uh, nostalgia. Just, like, seeing all the people in it and where they went after this it's like oh i i know all those people because they went on to have careers over the past x number of decades um but yeah it's a it's far below scream in terms of quality but if you were hungry for that sort of entertainment and you know scream 2 hadn't come out yet this would tide you over essentially um so we have um in bruges on 4k from the year 2008 Uh, we actually reviewed that for the for the podcast and uh, I really like this Uh, it was Kyle's pick and I'm really glad he had me watch that Um, really fun movie I really enjoyed it Um, we have from from the Criterion collection uh, Martin Scorsese's World Cinema Project number four um and I want to say that's all I've got to say about this month how about you Brad um,
1: yeah, that's, that's about, that's about it. I guess the only other thing worth mentioning is, uh, Mayor of Kingstown, which I believe is, uh, another show from, uh, Taylor Sheridan, I think is his name, the Sicario uh, guy.
0: Yeah, he, uh, Brad, I mean, this is a, this is a hot take without any sort of, uh, research backing it, but is he, like, overexposed? He's definitely
1: cashing his uh cashing his uh cachet. He's cashing on his cachet as much as he can cuz he's got that Yellowstone show. He's been pumping out movies. Um he's he's an interesting guy cuz I can't really say, I mean, I do like Sicario, but I think that's more with the uh direction from Denny Villeneuve his yeah. actual films I don't think are that great. Uh he I think he has the written
0: Angelina Jolie one, right?
1: Yeah, the Angelina Jolie one. A lot of people like Wind River with Jeremy Renner and um Elizabeth Olsen. I wasn't crazy about it, but people a lot of people seem to like that. Um but yeah, I mean he is definitely everywhere nowadays seems like.
0: Yeah, he is everywhere these days, and and I'm not even consuming any of this. I've just seen his name thrown around very, very frequently over the past several years. Um, did he do Hell or High Water? He wrote it. He did write it. He didn't he direct it. He wrote it. He wrote it. I, I did like that one. I have heard. I heard what you heard about Wind River, but I haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, Yellowstone is one of those properties that it it, it is a franchise. Like, as far as I know, there are, like, three different fucking sub-shows or something based in that universe or whatever the fuck that I have 100% slept on. I have no desire to check in on, but apparently it's, like, a juggernaut, like, mm-hmm. like in terms of, like, ratings numbers and whatnot. It's, like, you want to know what Americans are watching? It's Yellowstone. It's it's not Thor, Love, and Thunder. It's fucking Yellowstone. It's not Game of Thrones. It's fucking Yellowstone. <laughs> I don't know what that says about the country as a whole, but Yellowstone and all of its spinoff bullshit, all that other Taylor Sheridan, like, pseudo-Western garbage, that's what America wants right now. That's what they're consuming.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it takes place in Montana or something. I definitely think there's an element to, you know, it being sort of a rural show, and I think it does kind of hit a certain demographic and, you know, the country that doesn't always get served. And so when it's presented in a show, that's good, I've never watched it, but I assume it's at least good. And, you know, you got Kevin Costner in it, you know, you've got some production values behind it. I mean, yeah, it makes sense why it would be a big hit. I think, um, I haven't watched it. I know of, I've got a few relatives that watch it. Um, but I, I'm, I do want to watch it cause I've heard it's, everybody's like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. Um, no like podcasts or publications or website, nobody I follow like in terms of actually, you know, really trusting their opinions has, uh, even poked it. But, uh, you know, a lot of general audiences, people that I know say it's quite good. And, you know, they're usually, even if they're wrong, they're not like so wrong. Like I'm sure it'll at least be, you know, some of it, a entertaining, maybe guilty pleasure watch
0: well I'm, I'm fairly confident that most tv these days has a general level of quality that like keeps it from being outright terrible so i'm, I'm sure it has something to offer i mean i've seen a couple of clips i know that there are cowboys shooting each other and doing jujitsu on the farm mm-hmm. <laughs> because 2022 that's the world we live in um, so I guess it has that going for it, but yeah, I have zero interest in it, but very much like you, Brad, no one whose opinion I trust <laughs> has recommended it to me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nor has, nor, nor has anyone in my orbit seen it. However, I do know just based on like five seconds of research that it is, it is the thing of the moment. Like it it is enormous, um, but yeah, not something I'm interested in. However, Uh, This Mayor of Kingstown show I'm not even aware of. Um, But you did say it's Taylor Sheridan, and it does seem uh, to reunite him with Jeremy Renner from what I can tell. Uh, So cool. Um, That being said, I think that's about it uh, for September uh, 2022 in this edition of Catching Up on Blu-ray. So as is customary, um, we'll do our little wrap up here where we'll just uh, point out any titles that we think we might pick up this month. Um, so I'll go ahead and go first, uh, because this is going to be a little bit of a clunky process as we, uh, click through all the pages here on, uh, blu-ray.com. Um, but it looks like, well, that page didn't give me nothing. So let's move it on down. Uh, Star Trek, all of those movies are movies that I would very much like to watch, uh, soon. Uh, but they're not movies that I'd like to own anytime soon, so that's that's a story for another day. Um, Blowout actually is a that's a maybe for me personally. Um, I do not own it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Uh, like I said, my dad had a habit of <laughs> putting me like putting me in front of the TV to watch things I was probably way too young to watch. Um, but I do remember it was excellent, and I, I wouldn't mind watching some De Palma. Like he he does pop into my head every every now and again is one of those directors that i i really owe it to myself to do a deep dive on someday um fuck no no light year no light year. we're not we're not touching that with the 10 foot pole uh i already have drive um if i didn't though i would i would be more than happy to pick up the 88 films edition of it uh gunbuster can suck my dick uh, not until we get the ova version if i'm gonna watch that i'm gonna watch it right um elvis i don't need to watch because brad and all of his best friends already gave me you know, like the only review you'll ever need for that movie um platoon on 4k is a skip because brad thankfully informed me that it is not an especially good 4k pressing um nothing on that page wow this is a thin mo- oh wait mercenary fighters mercenary fighters if it's the right price is a maybe because i want to see Rep brown yell at things and shoot them occasionally uh the reef stocked is not a purchase but if it's available for free on like peacock or something i might actually put that on while i'm working or something <laughs> um what else we got what else we got um the lost boys and poltergeist I do like both of those movies, but not not in the way that makes me want to own them. So that's unfortunate. Um, Vengeance, like I said, girlfriend will probably rope me into watching that, but I fuck, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Red Sun Rising, uh, the Dawn the Dragon Wilson film from Vinegar Syndrome. Like I said, I, I that that's an entire subgenre of martial arts film that I have never tapped into and as a fan of martial arts films I feel I owe it my owe it to myself to do that. So I might actually pull the trigger on that. Just you know, just dive right in. Uh, nothing on that page. Nothing on that page. Although in in Bruges that, that is a maybe. Because I did really enjoy that. I really did. Uh, Hudson Hawk, I already have on DVD, and no, I'm not spending more money on Hudson Hawk. Fuck that. Um, Thor, Love and Funder. <laughs> I, I did it again. Wow. Love and Funder, Thor, Love and Funder. Uh, that's a that's a obli- that's an obligatory pickup for me. I am invested in the MCU, uh, in in my collecting endeavors, so I buy them. Uh, I'm still upset about those Netflix, uh, Blu-rays, but yeah thor love and thunder uh is a guaranteed pickup on my part it's just a matter of when the price is right and uh when i'm in the mood uh and i i think that's it man oh the sound of metal is is a probable as well Uh, So, Brad, I'll kick it back to you. Um, You got any titles you're going to be picking up or have already picked up?
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, I haven't picked any of these up yet, but uh, I I went through while you were and I just wrote wrote them down. Uh, I will be getting In Bruges 4K because I agree I absolutely love In Bruges. Um, Sound of Metal, definitely a likely pick up in the next Criterion sale. Uh, Lost Boys, I might get Lost Boys because I don't actually own that on Blu-ray at all. Um, even though I don't like the cover artwork, uh, that's not like a, you know, a not, a not purchase for me. If I don't like the cover artwork, I'll still buy it. Uh, Cursed Films season two, I'll probably pick up. I do want to point out quick, I should have brought this up while we're talking about it. The blu-ray.com review was less than glowing for season two. Um, and they kind of, uh, the reviewer kind of embarrassed themselves. I personally, I think they embarrassed themselves, because oh. uh, I've mentioned this uh, show to you before, Trevor. And I'll be quick with this. Uh, it's called On Cinema, yeah. and it's a it's Tim Heidecker who did uh, like Tim and Eric, and he's he's kind of like an Adult Swim comedy guy, and Greg Turkington, and basically the two of them parody online movie reviewers and it gets it starts off as just like a parody of that but it gets more and more weird and surreal and bizarre but basically greg turkington he never breaks character or whatever he's always like this obsessive vhs collector and they actually interview him in character for the wizard of oz episode because they ask him about the munchkin suicide like you know the supposed munchkin suicide and it's all kind of a bit because like they're Interviewing Greg Turkington, who is like adamant that it's real, and they're kind of using him as a joke, basically, you know, winking at the audience saying, We know that this is not real. This is why we have Greg Turkington doing it. But in the uh, Blu ray.com review for uh, Curse Film Season 2, the reviewer said, Participants are secondhand at best due to the film's age, but some really take the cake for bullshit like an obsessive video store owner pictured above who provides VHS video evidence and two unnamed fans who probably weren't even born before the film's 60th anniversary. Anyway, it goes on from there. But just the fact that like that bit, that gag that they didn't know who Greg Turkington was whoosh, went over their head. Like if you're going to be reviewing these things on a publication, you should probably uh, probably do your research. You know, it's one thing if you didn't like it, but like that, that whole, like you, you thought that you didn't know that was a bit. They didn't get that it was a bit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, the other ones I mentioned, are, uh, the Criterion of Takeout, which um, I didn't really say, but Sean Baker, uh, I, I do love his films, and uh, Takeout is an early film of his, um, and I might pick that up just because he also did Red Rocket, uh, The Florida Project, and um, I'm blanking on the last one. Uh, uh, it's not going to come to me, so keep it moving um and the star trek 4k movie collection uh
0: is one that i'd like to pick up as well very nice uh <laughs> thanks for doing the research uh into the cursed films disc by the way um, <laughs> that is a that is unfortunate man like <laughs> yeah a bit of an
1: embarrassment there
0: yikes uh, yeah yeah that is a that is a yikes for sure uh quite unfortunate but yeah uh cut very uh, very up and down month. Like some some stuff to get excited about, some stuff to consider, but not like if I'm being honest, not a super exciting month for me personally. But there's there's good stuff this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it for this edition of Catching Up on Blu-ray. Um. But before we go, uh, thank you, Brad, as always, uh, for joining me. I really appreciate the help. Uh thank you for doing the research as well on the fly. I really appreciate having somebody to like pour, pour over the details that I often gloss over.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's all on the fly. Don't think I know all this off the top of my head. It's all on the
0: fly. Well, you're very quick about, so I appreciate it. But, um, but yeah, thanks man. Um, and before we go, uh, Brad, would you care to let the folks at home know where they can find you and your very awesome podcast?
1: Yeah, it's the cinema speak podcast. So we're on uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, just search for cinema speak. We're on Twitter at the cinema speak on Instagram, cinema speak podcast on YouTube as cinema speak. And you can find us on the web at cinema speak. Very nice.
0: Glad to hear it, man. Um, any uh, YouTube videos in the pipe at the moment?
1: Uh, kicking around a few ideas. Nothing uh, nothing filmed yet, so it might be a little while before I get something up. But I'm always trying to come up with something.
0: Okay. Well, always looking forward to it. But um, Folks at home, if you'd like to catch up on any of our other Catching Up on Cinema content, uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias on the instagram at catching up on cinema as well as the twitter at catching cinema so feel free to hit me up at either of those uh and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine including bitcade so fucking google it uh and that being said thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time